0: couple of questions today and we're exploring those uh, those questions Um, are you offended at Jesus or does Jesus offend you are you offended at Jesus or said another way same question basically just rephrasing it does Jesus offend you so let's look at these verses Um, then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him and when the Sabbath had come he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying where did this man get these things? Notice there's a question mark there. And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? No question mark there. There's an exclamation point. In other words, they were exclaiming that Jesus is doing uh, wonders, miracles, you know, things that um, you know, a guy raised in Nazareth shouldn't be able to do and saying things that he shouldn't be able to know or say. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were, what, offended at him. Do you see that? Verse 3, so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and heal them, and he marveled because of their unbelief Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So again, they were offended at him. Offended and embarrassed, not the same thing. Offended and ashamed of, not the same thing. Jesus did talk in other places about people being ashamed of him, ashamed to talk about him, ashamed to be connected with him. Again, I'm not saying that the two maybe aren't related. I think we could make a case for those two being related, embarrassed or ashamed and and offended. But offended is a unique category. Um, And when we talk about um, being offended at him, we basically see that there are two ways that an offense comes. Um, And it's simple. Don't am not trying to way overthink this, but we do see them both here. Um, and offense comes when someone either does something um, that offends you or says something that offends you. And notice that Jesus, um, you know, clicked both boxes. Where does he get these things that he's saying? Question mark. What wisdom does he have to be able to do these things that we're seeing him do? exclamation point point! and so the Bible says they were offended now this morning we took a little time to to make the connection to tie all this in to our subject so far this year 2019 that's giving um, our Creator Father giving God giving Jesus giving the Holy Spirit the place that they deserve in our lives and we said in Greater Galilee the reception the response, the results, all were they, he was glorified by all. And we said that word glorified, just quick review, um, was, you know, really captured the essence of what it means to, to give Jesus the place that he deserves. But this is in, in, in direct, you know, contrast to the reception response and inability to produce results in Nazareth. And we see there that it wasn't that he was glorified, but the opposite of that was that they were offended. So we see then that you know, glorified gives us a picture of what it looks like for Jesus to be given the place that He deserves, but becoming offended at Him gives us the opposite picture. In other words, the reason Jesus is not given the place in people's lives that He deserves is because those people are offended at Him. And so when we ask the question, does Jesus offend you? You know, our our initial answer is, you know, to want to say, no, you know, I love Jesus. Jesus, No, never, not at all, you know. But before we are quick to answer, we need to remember that his family was offended at him. John the Baptist, at a low point in his life, was offended at him. The disciples were all, at one time or another, um, offended at him. Um, Before the Apostle Paul was born again and, and renamed Paul, Saul, Um, he was so offended at Jesus that he went around literally imprisoning and overseeing the execution of of followers of Jesus. So I don't want to, I mean, this may be a weird way of saying it, but, you know, let's just say a lot of awesome people who've done a lot of awesome things for God were at one point in their walk with him offended at Jesus. So this isn't about trying to offend you. (laughs) By, by suggesting that maybe you are and don't realize it. But if we're not giving him the place that he deserves in our lives, it's because it's because there is a connection to our having some offense of him. Now, I want to try to work on this piece just a little bit more tonight, and then I got a lot of stuff here, but I want to I want to try to make a little stronger connection between him having the place in our lives that he deserves, being glorified by us, Versus him not having that place and, and people or, or us as individuals being offended at him. So let's go back to it. We, we are offered an offense by another human being when that human being you know, says something or does something that we perceive or consider to be offensive. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been offended before I'm not proud of this but I'm just saying I've been offended by other people before who meant no offense in other words they didn't they weren't set out to offend me they weren't trying to uh, you know to, to make me feel offended or by what they said or what they did but I received it as an offense come on are we mature enough to admit that that's all happened to us and you know got it figured out later okay so we see then that even if an offense was not intended, an offense can still be taken. Even if an offense is not intended, an offense can still be taken. It's not like Jesus came up in Nazareth and said, I'm just going to see how many people I can tick off today. No, no, no. He, he wasn't there. To, to. It wasn't His inten, intention you know, to offend them. And, and we know that He's our beautiful Savior. We know that he, He's love personified, the Word of God made flesh he's perfect he's he never committed a sin Um, so the fact that these people were offended at him that's all on them that's all on them Um, in other words sometimes we can become offended because you know someone does us treats us wrongly now the bible says we shouldn't take that offense although it's a good opportunity to be offended we should turn that opportunity down. We should not take offense when it's offered. Okay? But there, there are people, you know, who deliberately, intentionally, um, living selfishly, what have you, that would say, again, say, do, say, do things that, um, you know, offend us. But if we, if we keep picking at this, and, and I think that's what the Holy Spirit's kind of helped help me do, we, we get down to kind of what is, I'm going to call the heart of an offense. The, the, you know, if you strip away, uh, you know, somebody saying something that, that is wrong or somebody doing something that's wrong or mistreating us or abusing us or what have you, um, you know, again, th- those are all outliers. But in, in the case of people being offended at Jesus, um, he's never wrong. Amen. <laughs> in other words, if you've got a problem with him, it's your problem. Um, if, if it's you and another human being, there's there's their side of the story, your side of the story, and somewhere in between those two is is the truth, right? Amen or owe oh me, but but that's the truth. But with Jesus, if we're offended at Him, that's all on us, and 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 none of it is is on Him. In other words, He you know He He doesn't owe you an apology. Well, I guess I could have said that a little nicer or. I guess I could have said that a different way, or I guess I could have held off on doing that until you were ready, or blah. In other words, no, no, not, he doesn't owe us any of that, right? Um, his motives and his intentions towards us are only pure. He's only here to help, and, and his heart for you is, is love, and, and it's only, uh, you know, the best of intentions and, 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 and all of that, okay? He doesn't just mean well, He is well. I mean, He is good. He's, he, I mean, we can mean well and still offend people, what have you, but that's that, Jesus is, doesn't fit into that category at all, zero, okay? So if we take all of those, what I'm going to call outlier factors, out of this, and people are still offended at Him, it really comes down to one thing. And that is, He doesn't have the right to say these things to us. He doesn't have the place to say these things to us. We talked about this a little bit in, in, in our Ephesians class this morning. And when the Bible says for children to obey their parents, that means way more than just do what you're told. That word obey means to hear under. The instruction to a child is to recognize, again, that your parents have a position of authority over you. And when they speak to you, they're not speaking to you. I'm, I'm kind of, if you're listening by audio, I'm holding my left hand over my right hand with my left hand on top representing the parent and my, and my right hand on, on bottom representing the, the child. And the child is underneath. My right hand's underneath my left hand. Now, now notice, that's hearing under. In other words, the idea is that the, that the child is hearing with an understanding that the parent has authority over them and they're receiving that in that way. Now, watch this. I, if the, again, listening by audio, I'm going to pull both my hands on the same level. See, that's hearing of a different kind right there. That's hearing not under, but hearing on the same level as. So, I use this example. If I'm at a friend's house and when we're kids out playing and Matt comes home and says, you've got to go home now. I'm probably going to look at him and say, who said, who said, right? Because he ain't the boss of me. You see, I mean, that's good. notice I'm getting offended because I'm, I'm being told to go home by somebody that doesn't have the right to tell me, that doesn't have the place to tell me to go home now, Right? Now, again, if he has a little bit of an attitude, it's probably because they've been trying to find me and they sent him out on his bicycle to get me home for supper, right? And so by the time he finds me, he's a little irritated with me. You've got to go home now, right? And I'm like, who said, right? You see, in other words, but again, I'm not hearing under him. He's my siblings, not my parent. I'm hearing on the same level as him. And before I'm going to act on that, I want to know if somebody who does have place over me has said that or if he's just ready for me to come home. You you see the difference there in in those two. What's the difference? The difference is place. The difference is place. Now, I'm not saying that we still can't be offended by someone who does. I'm not saying that a boss who's over you, who does have authority over you, can't necessarily offend you. Again, we're taking all those outliers out of this equation because, again, Jesus, uh, you know, greatest boss ever, right? I mean, you know, he's the kind of boss that will die for you so you can live, right? Who, who could ask for a better boss? Who could ask for somebody better over you? Um, let's, say that, let's say just a stranger walks up to you in the grocery store and tells you that you need to lose 30 pounds. You'd probably be offended by that, right? It's like, well, who in the world do they think they are telling me because again, that you haven't given them what place in your life. But let's say you have a mentor, a life coach, somebody that, that loves you and has been there for you for, for decades and, and they're simply trying to help you with some personal issues in their life. Someone that you have given place in your life to talk to you about those kinds of, of personal things. Are you following me? We were in a restaurant the other day and, and um, I was having to get a hold of myself because there were some children that needed some training at another table. And this one kid, he's probably, I thought he was a little big, Pam, to even be using a bottle, right? And and yet he's still sucking on a bottle. But he'd take the bottle and just throw it across the restaurant. And the mamas just keep eating like he ain't done anything, right? And then the kids start wanting his bottle back and mom would make one of the other kids go get the bottle and bring it back. And sometimes the kid would give the give the, the older kid give the younger kid the bottle and the younger kid would take the bottle and just throw it again. You know, and I'm like you know but again now not my place see I'm I'm wanting to say mom you realize you're ruining these kids you do realize that right it's not just that you're ruining my lunch you're ruining their lives you do know that right I mean I'm just saying right but see it's not my place very good chance she'd have been offended by that because, again, I'm not the boss of her. I, I, she hasn't given me that place. Now, if this was a, a young single mother with you know kids and, and, and you know she c- contacts me, hey, you know, as her pastor, Pastor Mark, listen, uh, w- would you mind uh, meeting with, with me? And, and um, I'm really trying to raise my children here, but I'm having some issues. See, now notice, she's not going to be offended by what I tell her because what she's given me that place in her life for me to be able to speak into her life about what the Bible says about raising children and the boundaries that we need and the consequences for actions that, that, that violate those boundaries and so forth and so on. But if, if I don't have the place, anything that I, you know, what if I was to just got up and just, just, took, just gave that kid a really swat on his backside? Quit throwing that bottle. Well, now I've done something, right? I'm probably fixing to be arrested. I'm fixing to go to, I'm, Bessemer police fix to come get me, right? You understand what I'm saying? I, you know, you can see it on Facebook, right? Local pastor assaults infant, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, um, again, because not, it's, it's not my place. It's not, now you ask John Martin, Bethany, you know, throw the bottle once, I'd probably say something, they throw it again, right? They have no problem embarrassing me in public. I'm, they know I'm fixing to embarrass them in public. I'm fixing to dust them off right there in front of everybody. All right? Are you hearing me? You see see what I'm saying? It's because I have that place. I, didn't have, I, I wasn't given that place. So are you seeing how if you get right down to the heart of, of what creates an offense, again, it's when someone says something that you haven't given them place to say or when someone does something that you haven't given them place to do. And clearly Jesus is saying things that they're astonished by. What gracious and amazed, they were amazed by the gracious words coming out of his mouth. The revelation, where does this man, he didn't learn this in the schools of Nazareth. He didn't learn this from any of us around here. Well, I don't know if anybody's ever said anything quite like this before. Where does this man get these things? And what ability is this that he has been given, recognizing again that he didn't, you know, he has ability and wisdom and is saying things and doing things that, no human being, especially one raised in Nazareth, should be able to do. And they were offended at him. It comes back to something that was said, something that was done by someone that they had not given place in their lives to say those things to them or do those things for them or among them. Are you seeing the connection here? All right, praise God. That took me a little longer than I thought, but I just want to make it plain. Now, let's, um, let's do this. I believe we've I believe we got time for a little more. You good? We've got a few more minutes? All right, so let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse number 17. We'll look at some verses here and then, then maybe a verse in Matthew and we'll finish up for this evening. But um, John the third chapter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. So that's about as plain as we can make it now unless the Holy Spirit shows me a way to make it even more plain. But do you, do you see how offense is all, always connected to place? It's always... In other words, if, if you're offended, um, it's because the person has said something or done something that you have not given them place to say or do. If you have given them place to say or to do it, given them, let's say, permission. Um, that's one of the things that that we preach and teach heavily, both here at Heritage as well as at the Foundry. This isn't just a recovery principle, and, and that being accountability, where you have people in your life that you trust, people that the Bible even says you can confess your faults to, that... that that you've given permission to say, hey, you know, um, if, if you see me laying out of church, I give you permission to, to call me and ask me where I am. And, and um, so in other words, the idea is accountability even is about giving people place in your life, or we could even say permission, um, when you become aware of areas of, 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 of weakness or different areas in your life where um, you need a little more... Uh, uh, assistance, amen, to stay on track where you set up uh, healthy accountability. But again, you, you've got to give people that place um, or else, you know, who are they calling me about this in church? They weren't there two weeks ago and I was there. You know, see, again, it's, it's, the, it's the offense. But again, if the place is given, then there's no offense associated. All right, John chapter 3. Of course, verse 16, I should have probably put it in here. God so loved the world, gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But verse 17, it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him, in Jesus, is not condemned. But he who does not, does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So again, this is just some basic doctrine here that I I want to make sure everyone understands. Um, Jesus did not come to this earth to condemn anyone. He came to an earth um, that was full of condemned people. We we were already condemned because of Adam's sin. Certainly we committed our own share of sin, but because of Adam's sin we were condemned, the Bible teaches us very clearly. And so, you know, again, it's a trivia question. How many people will Jesus condemn to hell? And the answer is zero. He, he hasn't come to condemn anybody. He came as a source of escape, as a means of rescue, or can we say salvation. He came to seek and to save those who were already condemned. So He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world. But the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned. Later he's going to say those who don't believe that the wrath of God still abides on them. The judgment of God, the condemnation still abides. But anyway, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. So here's, I guess, a little more to this being offended at Jesus, or Jesus offending us. Jesus is the light of the world. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John that in him there is light, And no darkness at all. Now, light and darkness are not yin and yang, are two sides of the same coin. But instead we see that there is is hatred. Notice the Bible uses this word um, um, uh, hate. You know, because in verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light. Hates the light. Right? So that's key. We'll develop that in just a moment. Um, but notice, because of this um, hatred for the light, people in darkness do not come to the light lest the deeds of darkness in their lives are exposed. All right? So let me, let me just say it this way, okay? People... In Nazareth and beyond, amen, all the way up until, you know, uh, March 24th, 2019, okay, <laughs> a little after 7 p.m., um, people are offended at Jesus because He makes them uncomfortable. He, he, makes, he makes them um, uncomfortable uh, because if there's any darkness, any shadows in us, um, his light, you see, is going to expose that. And being exposed, again, is uncomfortable. Now, let me just work through a brief list here. Um, we see in verse 20 again that evil hates the light. So it's not just that light makes darkness uncomfortable. Let's, let's bring our, our word up in, in the middle of this now. Um, light offends darkness. Light offends darkness. So when people are offended at Jesus because He's the light and any darkness in them, is, he's, is gonna, that His light's going to make that darkness very, very uncomfortable. We could say it another way, light and darkness irritate one another, irritate one another. Let me show you this in a, in a different way here. Anybody in here like to be looked in the face and lied to? <laughs> no. no, see it's, it's very irritating to say the least for somebody to just look you in the eye, look you in the face and lie to you, right? That's irritating. Why is that? Because, because truth is offended by a lie and lie is offended by truth. You see, these, these two are irritants to one another. They're irritants to one another. Let, let, let me say it another way. They get on each other's nerves. That's a way of... of, of here's another example. Um, so you've got light and darkness, truth versus lies. How about this one? Faith and unbelief. See, again, the, these two are, are, it's irritating, right? So you, you as a person of faith, you walk up into a bunch of folks who are filled with doubt and unbelief. It's going to irritate you. I won't be, I won't be long with this. It's just a b- brief story, but the um, Lord really took care of me this week. Just give Him praise and glory. I, I, um, I woke up, Last Monday morning, with my eye bothering me, and, and I, you know we just been we're redeemed from the curse of the law, and I've never been affected by pollen or allergies or any of that, but this year, I mean, it's it's, it's hey mean Pam and I have both been standing in faith on that, and and so I just thought, well, it's just all this pollen, and I'm healed and blessed, and so I just kind of pushed through, but by end of class, man, I'm like, wow, you know, I, I mean, my eye was like, it was it was really trying to talk to me, and so I came back and and. Uh, took my contacts out in, in my office and just put my glasses on thinking that, you know, that'll, that'll help it, you know, and it just kept getting worse. Well, it turns out I had a, an ulcer on my cornea. And um, um, so I went, um, I didn't know that's what it was. I just, amen, just standing in faith. Monday night, I'm like keeping a cold rag on it, like, thank you, Jesus, you know, and, and um, so I went, it got much better. I woke up Tuesday morning, much, much better, and, and uh but it still was kind of irritating me so I thought I'd go and just get it checked and I, it was a good thing that I did so but anyway I'm fine everything no contacts for a while wearing glasses but anyway but here's the thing especially I know the Sunday night crowd is almost identical to the to the Wednesday night crowd as far as people who are able to attend so the eye doctor that I saw yesterday and he was just a, a blessing don't please don't misunderstand me I mean just be kind and helpful and answer my questions and you, you couldn't ask for it to be any better but I was just, like, asking him, like, sir, you know, I'm like this militant when it comes to cleaning my contacts, and I change the case every time I change, you know, the monthly contact, and I know some people laugh at me for doing that, but I'm just, I'm just a nut when it comes to that. I wash my hands, dry with white paper towels, no dye. I mean, you know, I'm just like, my eyeballs here, you know what I'm saying, rather important. So, so I'm asking him, like, you know, what, what can I do better or different, you know, and um, and he says look I'm not making this up either he says sometimes it's just dumb luck and we need to knock on wood that we don't yeah <laughs> talking about probability and what we've been preaching on Wednesday nights you know and um, so you know I'm like so notice now this is this is becoming uh, as irritating to me inwardly as the I was outwardly. You know, this man is just saying that it's dumb luck, you know. Um, and uh, amen. Um, so, but again, if 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 you're in faith and you're around a lot of people who are not, it's not just that they're going to irritate you. you you're going to irritate them. They don't want to hear you name it and claim it. See, they'll start mocking you, right? They'll... They don't, uh-uh, they don't. They, see, these two, these two are. They, they rub each other the wrong way. And that's why we need to surround ourselves with people who are full of faith, right? And, and if we're going to stand in faith and be strong in faith and, and so forth and so on. So um, we see then that, that faith irritates and offends doubt. And of course, the last one on this list is, is spirit and flesh. The Bible clearly tells us in Galatians 5 that these two are contrary to one another. They're, they're not like the, the, the balancing one another out. They're at odds with one another. They're fighting for control one of the other. So we see then that if there's darkness in us, or let's just say this another way, OK? We're all a work in progress, amen? Um, I'll be the first to tell you I haven't arrived yet. I've still got some growing to do. I've still got some learning to do. And so that means there's still some things in me that need to be brought into alignment with the truth and with the Word of God. Some renewing of my mind. Some things I need to do better. Some things I need to do more of. Some things I need to do less of. Some things I don't ever need to do again. Are you understand what I'm saying? Not, we're all in that, you know, we're all in that, position. If, if you've arrived and you're not in that position, then I I would recommend you just very quietly slip out of here right now because we'll mess you up for the night's over. Amen. If you're perfect already. All right. I'm being silly. So the point being then, um, it's a little bit painful when areas of immaturity areas, you know, in our character that what have you, um, you know, lack of discipline, laziness. I mean we can just go on and on, right? When these things start getting exposed by the light, (laughs) really, really, really you know, red flag for me, and, and I want you, if it's not already, for it to become a red flag for you, is is especially if somebody loves you, or especially like if it's just the Lord talking to you, the word of God or a pastor, what have you, and if if you start getting real defensive yeah, see, let me tell you what that means. You're starting to get offended. You're starting to defend yourself. You're starting to make excuses. You're starting to justify. Well, you know, we're so busy on Sunday night. Well, we're this, we're that. I just, you know, I love the Lord. Are you saying I'm not saved? I, but, no, see, no, see, again, it, again, no, no, no. So you're getting offended, right? All right, so here is, this is where we began this morning and we'll end here tonight. Here's our choices, and to me they're, once you understand them, there's, there's really no, it's not a, it's a no-brainer, right? We can deal with the temporary discomfort of wrong things and wrong thinking in our lives being exposed so that the light can shine on those things and, and bring cleansing and healing and purification. So the temporary discomfort that'll lead to a lifetime of blessing, a lifetime of of what the Bible calls uh, the peaceable fruit of righteousness, a lifetime of freedom. Temporary discomfort of the light exposing these things which leads to this peaceable fruit of righteousness and a lifetime of, of, of blessing and freedom. Or we can choose the temporary relief of pulling away from the light exposing these things. But if we do that, we're choosing a lifetime of misery and regret. You see how it works. In the Lord's, it's never fun to deal with unresolved issues and, and areas of lack in our thinking and behaviors. never a pleasant thing. It's uncomfortable. The path of least resistance always leads to an inferior life. That's why so many people, they never deal with it. But we can deal with the temporary discomfort and have the result of freedom, or we can deal with the discomfort by running from the light to get relief, but that's pushing us deeper into the misery and the regret. So do you see why it's a no-brainer? Amen. You get anything out of this? All right, stand with me. Thank you so much again for giving the Lord a place in your life uh, for the last hour and 13 minutes. Amen. (laughs) Father, you're good to us. Oh, how good you are to us, Father. And um, you know, there's a saying here on the earth, Father, you know it well. Father knows best. And um, I'm I'm very thankful for my dad and and my earthly father and and he does know best and he's helped me in so many ways. Oh, but Father, you, you, hallowed be your name. You not only know best, but you desire best. You want the best for us. Father, you, you never want to embarrass us or shame us or make us feel condemned or guilty. You came to set us free from all of that. And so, Father, we find, us, find ourselves tonight in this awkward place, Lord, if you we're know, not going to be offended at You. We're not going to be offended because of You. But we're going to endure the temporary discomfort of some unpleasant things in our lives being exposed and, and dealt with by Your Holy Spirit and by the light of Your Word and by the light of Jesus, Your Son, so that we can expose the enemy, remove Him, any place that we've given Him in our lives and give You that place instead. Lord, that's our desire tonight. And I thank You for helping us follow through on that. Lord, what a great week You have prepared for each one of us. Lord, ahead of us. Our simple prayer tonight is what Jesus stated, Lord, that we let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify You in heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Your love.